Well, hello, and uh, welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. Um, Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on a f another Friday night. It's a stormy Friday night here in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, where our house is. Um, it's been pretty uh, downpours all day long. Um, well, actually, towards the last half of the afternoon, uh, because it was pretty hot here today, but uh, it's nice and cool in here, so we're back with you now on, on another Friday. Uh, we're going to jump right into uh, Hebrews um, chapters 5 and 6 here in a moment. Um, but uh, I just wanted to give you guys a prayer request, anybody that watches this. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to get um, a little bit, I won't say better, uh, equipment. But um, I've been, I, if you could see everything that I have kind of set up, it's kind of piecemealed right now. Um, I'm really kind of looking for a mixer board that will go to USB and um, also potentially maybe able to record. Um, there's a few options out there. Um, again, I'm not getting paid to do this and um, I'm not looking to spend a whole bunch of money. But if you have any suggestions on that, um, make sure you leave a comment below and um, so I can see that. Um, it's a, that's also a prayer request, you know, just if you guys just pray that um, get the right equipment and everything would uh, work itself out in, in uh, his timing. All right. So we stopped last time uh, in chapter four, and I, I just wanted to read the last verse of chapter four in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter four and verse 16, because um, it, it ends very, very awesome. When it says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Um, that's, that's, a, um, that's a really awesome verse um, that has a lot of meaning with the rest of chapter 4. So go back and uh, maybe watch that episode or that, um, that Bible study again. And that's uh, Hebrews chapters 3 and 4 we did. So with that in mind, um, let's go ahead. Let's see. I got my live stream going up here. I have, I'll be able to see the chats. If you want to drop a comment, um, do so. And I'll try to get to that as soon as possible. Uh, let's see. I got my phone on vibrate. Got everything else ready to go. So let's go ahead and just go ahead and jump right in to chapter five. Hebrews chapter 5, and um, let's go ahead and take this in a little bit of a block here of chapters 1, or verses 1 through 6 of chapter 5, um, and we're going to see a little bit of a theme developing. Uh, let's just go ahead and start reading. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for, for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins, who can have compassion on the ignorant, and on them that are out of the way, that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. We'll go back and um, look at this in a little bit more detail here in a second. And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer sins, offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. And as he saith also in another place, 
thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. All right, so that's chapter 5 and verses 1 through 6. Uh, the first thing we're going to notice here um, in through these verses is that man was not able to um, was not able to sacrifice just for the people, meaning that they had sinned themselves. Look back at the um, verse 2. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity, that infirmity there being sin. And so they had, the high priest was ordained of God, and we saw that in, in ver, verse 1, but they couldn't just sit there and just go into the Holy of Holies and put the blood sacrifice on, on the altar once a year for the sins of everybody else without first going through the ritual that God had set up for them to first um, offer the blood sacrifice for themselves um, because they were men just like everybody else and they had a sin nature. Uh, all men are born with a sin nature and that happened because of Adam and Eve and the fall in the Garden of, of Eden and we know the account there in Genesis. But this is why they needed a better high priest, a greater high priest, and that was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, um, he he was he was um, after this different order too. By the way, so we're going to look at that next. Um, the little bit of backstory, if you don't know a little bit about the Bible and as far as the the Jewish nation. When the tribes, the 12 tribes, which were the 12 sons of, of Israel, also known as Jacob, um, God renamed him Israel, but the, uh, he had sons. He had 12 sons, and they were, that's where they got their names from as far as their, uh, their lineage. So, for example, um, uh, the tribe of Levi we're about to speak about here. The tribe of Levi were is where the high priest or the priesthood uh, fell to. It was you, They had to be of the tribe of Levi. They couldn't be of the tribe of, say, Dan. They couldn't be of a different tribe and say, well, I want to be, I want to go work for the high priest. I want to be a priest. Uh, it didn't work that way. Um, they had to be, first of all, they had to fill the criteria of being a, uh, of the tribe of Levi. Um, that's who Moses and Aaron were of the lineage of. If, if you look back in Exodus, it breaks down the, the lineage of uh, Moses and Aaron. And it even says that same Moses and Aaron that was prophesied um, also when they were prophesied in Exodus. Well, I think we're back. Well, that was a little bit, that's my first live on-air uh, technical difficulty there. The live stream just dropped out on me. So, okay, I think we're back. Sorry about that, folks. But anyways, I was saying the um, that the priests and the high priests had to come from the tribe of, of Levi. But if you notice, when you talk about the lineage of, of Jesus, he was sort of the tribe of Judah. And that's going to come into play later on. Uh, in chapter 7. We'll get to that uh, hopefully next week. Um, let's go ahead and keep reading here. Get myself situated. And let's go back to, uh, oh, I wanted to mention chapter 
5, verse 6, he says, As he saith, and also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That's uh, in Psalms 110, verse 4. So let's go and turn there real quick. Psalms 110, verse 4. I think, I think we're back and doing okay. If uh, you're tuning in, if you're on YouTube right now and you're watching this live, um, hopefully you can still hear me. But um, I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, Psalms 110 verse 4. Let's go and see where it talks about this verse that we just read there in Hebrews 5. And it says there in uh, Psalms 110, verse 4, The Lord has sworn, and I will and will not repent, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So we see there that it's an Old Testament prophecy that was come um, to fruition. It came true when Jesus Christ, which was the Son of God, fully God, took on the form of a servant. He took on corruptible flesh uh, when he came to die. Let's go now and uh, look at something else here in verse 7. Let's keep reading. Who in the days after his flesh, um, that's very interesting there, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. This is speaking of Jesus Christ here. Um, and it says, in the days of his flesh. I want to take a little bit of time to turn over to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. If you're new to the Bible or you maybe um, haven't studied this out, there was a group of individuals, and probably still is, um, that said that Jesus Christ um, or God never came in the flesh and that Jesus maybe was just a man or some other type of doctrine they will try to teach you. Um, let's turn to the Bible. Remember, like we said, let's have the mind of Christ. Let's have the Holy Spirit-inspired um, Word of God to uh, go off of here. Let's see in verse... Uh, Let's go ahead and start in chapter 4 of 1 John and start in verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone into the world. Um, that's, that's important for you to remember as you, as you study your Bible, as you maybe watch different things on YouTube, especially this channel. If Don't take my word for any of this. If um, I say something, doesn't make it necessarily true. Make sure you're, you got your King James Bible open in front of you, and uh, you're, you're checking to make sure what I'm saying is truthful. It's right there. All right? Because it says to believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of, of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Okay? So there's a good starting point. 
you're reading along with somebody or somebody's teaching something other contrary to that, the Spirit of God inside of you should be saying, oop, says here in the Word of God, uh, I need to beware because every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit, verse 3, that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Ooh. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Even back in 80 or 90 AD, they still had, the, they already had this spirit here. See, the, the, the devil's smart. He's not going to sit there and um, just let things slide. Okay, he's going he's gonna to fight against this. Remember, he knows scripture backwards and forwards, but he still thinks, he still thinks that he can change God's word. He said at the beginning, yea, hath God said. He thinks that if he can upset the balance, or if he can upset, he can make one word of this not come true, he makes God out to be a liar. And then, uh, he's no longer God. So, that's what the devil wants to do. He still thinks that he can win. And the way he wants to try to do that is to confuse people out there and to say, okay, following your traditional views or this, that, and the other thing, as opposed to the word of God, if he can get you to question this, he can get you to start questioning God. So again, just go to the word of God, just because, and that's all I want to do here on this channel. I just want to present the word of God to you. I'll tell you when I'm giving you my opinion on something, but I want you to read the plain words of God right here in the Bible. Let's start, uh, let's keep going here. Um, and also, by the way, if you're, if you've tuned in and you're watching, um, it says there's three watching. I'm just not sure who you are. Go ahead and drop a, a line down there in the comments. Just let me know who's here. And then, um, also, let me know if you're you're seeing any more of the of the connection issues. All right, let's keep reading in First John chapter four because this whole thing is good. Um, verse four: Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Notice there that you have the Holy Spirit of God. You have the Holy Spirit of God in you. You're, you are able to overcome these false doctrines and these different things that are out there because you have the mind of Christ. The question is, is how much does the mind of Christ have of you? That's convicting in my life. Um, in 2 Corinthians, it says, uh, we have the mind of Christ, all of it. We just need to give it ourselves over to the Holy Spirit which, by the way, we've had this discussion before, I believe is the mind of Christ. Uh, fully separate, um, able to separate and has different roles, but and is still fully God. Again, I can't really explain all that, but that's Bible. But the, the thing is, is that how much of it has of you? If you're trying to overcome the world by your own spirit, your own power, your own flesh, it's impossible. You're not going to be able to do it. So greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
They are of the world, verse 5, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Right now, if you have the Holy Spirit of God in, living inside of you, you've been redeemed. You've been born again. Remember, we were an old creature before. He had to convict you of your need of a Savior. And then, as you call upon the name of the Lord and say, be merciful to me, a sinner, because I can't do anything on my own to save myself. If he saved your soul, the Holy Spirit moved into your body. He has sealed you into the day of redemption. But he also gives you another, he gives you another, I don't want to say um, advantage, but the advantage is, is as you hear other brothers and sisters in Christ speak to you, these things will ring true to you. Only the word of God. As we're reading through here, they'll be like, oh man, that makes sense. That Yes, that makes sense. That's right there in the word of God. Amen and amen. But if you hear the spirit of error, you still should be able to recognize that because of the spirit that lives inside of you, the Holy Spirit. If you're not given over to the spirit, though, and you're trusting in your own power, you can fall for these different things. So I, I caution anybody that's going to a church, it doesn't matter where you're going, go to the word of God. It. And there's, quote-unquote, nice people that say things that are contrary to the Word of God as doctrine. And it doesn't matter how nice they seem, that's the spirit of error. And we should avoid that kind of stuff. We should be able to, you should be able to recognize that right away. So that's what it's talking about here. But notice this, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. I'm going to save what I wanted to talk about there uh, for another time. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because God, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him, here in his love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That means that's basically the most simplest way I can put that is that he's the payment for our sins. He was the high priest that sacrificed himself for, in order for us to have access into that throne room of God. As we read there at the end of chapter 4 in Hebrews. Um, well... I don't want to. I don't want to go any further into First John four because that's going to go for a different subject for a different day. And I'm going to get back to Hebrews because I'm going to try to get through four and five of Hebrews today, or excuse me, five and six. All right. So we notice that the days of his flesh. That's verse seven, and then talking about the learned obedience by the things he suffered. In verse seven, there, if you remember, that's the Garden of Gethsemane. When, uh, I believe it was Garden, yeah. When Jesus went and prayed and said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine. So that's, that's exactly what it's talking about there in verse 7. But he still humbled himself to the cross. And uh, that's what made him the author of eternal salvation unto all them who obey him. 
All right, so there's a few things. There's a there's a few things in here that are are doctrinally, um, as I've mentioned before, for a different dispensation. Dispensations just means a time period um, when the body of Christ, which is us, by the way, the the church, the bride of Christ, gets called up out of here. Um, we, as we leave, there begins a different time period where some of these things are going to be applicable, doctrinally speaking. Um, we went into that a little bit last time. And again, I, I just want to stay right under the surface because that's not necessary uh, for t today's discussion. Um, just remember who the high priest is, the more perfect high priest, as we just talked about here, um, which was Jesus Christ. And then verse 10, called of God as high priest after the order of Melchizedek, verse 11, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For, for when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. All right, so what this is just basically saying is that the things that I've been teaching from the Word of God, as far as salvation goes, that's what's called the sincere milk of the Word. That is the most basic thing. That's what makes it so simple for anybody to understand. Anybody can understand that they are a sinner, that they are imperfect, if you will. So they need a savior from those sins. Somebody that lived a sinless life, God in the flesh, living a sinful, <laughs> a, a sinless life and sacrificing himself on the cross for our sins. And then he was buried he, and rose again on the third day. Those are some simplistic things. Stop putting your faith and trust in yourself, in your own works of righteousness, which aren't any good, and put your faith and trust in his righteousness, which is the only thing that will allow you eternal life, that eternal salvation that he was talking about. That's the sincere milk of the word. Some of these other subjects that we may get into on a different day, you really need to get that grounded in your life first before you move on to those other subjects. You need to get that settled and settled in your heart. And that goes even for Christians. You need to get it settled of just who God was, just who Jesus was, what he did for us, and what that meant for our, our lives and how we can live through the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of us now. Um, once you get that established, then you can start getting into more of the meat of the word. And I pray that you get that established today. If it's, and it's not too late. If you're hearing these words, it's not too late for you. If the Holy Spirit of God is convicting you and saying, you've never done that. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the propitiation of your sins. The payment has been paid. Jesus Christ said on the cross, it is finished. That's it. In there, we'll, we'll get to that um, 
I think we'll get to that here in a moment in chapter 6. There's something special that happened there, and we're going to get right into that. When he said, it is finished, and he gave up the ghost, he died. There's something that really special that happened there, and we're going to get into it right now. All right. All right, uh, take a little bit of break here. Okay, the Brodskys are, are checking in. Hello, Brodsky family. And he says they're uh, chasing the little ones around um, while they're getting ready for date night. Well, I definitely know what that's like. <laughs> I definitely know what it's like to chase the little ones around. Uh, my wife is currently upstairs doing it right now. All right. Uh, so thank you for joining us uh, here on the show tonight, uh, the Brodsky family. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Tell all your friends. Okay. Um, chapter six. Therefore, okay. Remember, he just got done talking about all these things. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. So that's the sincere milk of the word. You know, the repentance, dead works, and faith towards God. That's the simplicity of it. Now, verse 2, I want to just caution you because, again, these are a little bit more meatier. If you, I guess that's a, a term we can use, a meatier, uh, more meat to the word here coming up. So a little spoiler alert, some meat coming up. Of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of the hand of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. Okay, so basically the writer here of Hebrews is saying, look, I, I, I would talk about all these things, but before that he said um, in verse 11, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. Basically he's writing and saying, look, I want to talk to you about all this kind of stuff, but if God permits, but you need to get this first established, who Jesus was, salvation, <laughs> the very milk of the word. And then verse four, I wanted to make this point here. Um, in, in verse two, when it talks about the doctrine of baptisms, um, when people say that, see that baptism there, they automatically go to like in, in getting immersed, you know, like, okay, I baptize you now and so forth and so on. That's not what it's talking about. It's called, it's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and that happens, by the way, at the moment of salvation. Um, again, there's some good people that believe some other things, um, but um, they need to show me that in the Word of God. Okay. That's enough for that. Okay, <laughs> moving on. But you notice here in verse 4, this is going to start getting into something very important. Okay, so again, we talked about salvation before. Now we're getting into something that's going to play for us now and also for those in the future. But let's get right into it. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to open shame. These verses right here are what we would call um, eternal security, okay? So remember, there's better verses for this, by the way, but 
Um, it talks about you're sealed until the day of redemption. We spoke about that here on this program already. But this right here is talking about um, the same thing. Look, first of all, it's impossible. Okay, we've seen that in other places in the Bible for you to lose your salvation now in this dispensation. But, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm hearing some um, the baby monitor go in the background. Okay. My, my point was, is that we can't lose our salvation in this dispensation, but even if we could, even if we could, you cannot get saved again, okay? Because just what it says here, it's black and white, because you're, it's seen that you crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to open shame. Essentially saying that, you know why it's impossible? It's because you're basically saying that the blood of Christ wasn't good enough to make you a new creature. That's where I, 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 I make sure and I caution people when, when they're reading the Word of God to read the entire Word of God in context all over the place. If you try to pull out little scripture verses here and there to try to prove uh, your doctrine, um, you're going to make a mess of the Bible, okay? Going to make a mess of it. Um, just give me one second here. I need to make sure I do something. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, I forgot to plug my camera in, and it was about to die. So <laughs> that would not have been good. All right, I'm still in frame. Everybody can still see me? All right, great. All right, getting back to it. Um, so a little bit more meat here. That's going to play into the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, this, these verses here pretty, pretty pretty uh specifically so um all right i gotta get myself uh squared away here I'm, i apologize for that folks all right for the earth let's just start in verse seven for the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it and bringeth forth herbs meat for them by whom it is dressed receiveth blessing from god but that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing whose end is to be burned but beloved we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation through we though we thus speak for god is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye showed towards his name and that ye were ministered to the saints and do minister all right um so we saw there in in eternal security and and different things like that um, but at, I also want you to notice something here, uh, if you're your own study here later on. Matthew 26, when it talks about, uh, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, and in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Remember what I told you in the time of Jacob's trouble? Matthew 26, okay? It's uh, the separating of the, of the sheep from the goats and all this kind of stuff. If you think that that's for us now, then you don't believe what the Bible says everywhere else. See, here's the mess of things. If you don't rightly divide the Word of God, you don't believe in different dispensations, different time periods, clearly spelled out in the Bible, then you're going to have contradictions all over this thing. But let the Spirit of God teach you on that. Um, that seems to be a, a dirty word sometimes in, in Christianity circles. 
um, dispensation, but it's not. It's properly dividing, rightly dividing the Word of God. So, another story, another subject for another day. All right, let's keep reading. That ye be not slothful, verse 12, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made prom made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. People were going to endure to the end in the time of Jacob's trouble to receive the promise. There's so much here that we just can't go into in, in a hour-long uh, little study. Um, but hopefully that whets your appetite. Remember, get the milk down, and then we'll get into the meat. For men verily swear by the greater in an oath for confirmation, this is verse 16 of chapter 6, uh, is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, remember we spoke about what Satan's trying to make this word of God, any part of it untrue, he makes God a liar. Look, it's impossible for God to lie. Impossible means impossible, okay? <laughs> we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Okay, let's talk about the veil for a second. Uh, we're about 35 minutes in. Yep, let's talk about the veil for a second. So if you would, um, these are there's several different references I want you to write down uh, if you're watching this later on. One of those references is Luke 23, verse 45. Mark 15 and verse 38, and then we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 27. So turn with me now, Matthew chapter 27. That was really weird earlier, that right as I was getting started, this thing dropped out. I don't know how much of you guys noticed that it dropped out, but on my end, I thought the I thought we were going to have to do this some other time. Isn't that just a coincidence that things go haywire? It always happens. Trying to keep this from going out, and that's okay. It's Matthew 27 and verse 51. Let's start actually um, in verse 50, just to know this is Jesus on the cross. He goes through, he says several different things, the sayings, uh, saying, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabathani, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Um, different things right there. But in verse 49, it says, the rest said, let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Verse 50, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. He died. He really died. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, 
and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. How would you like to be there to see that? That really happened. There's a lot of fantasy, sci-fi, different shows and stuff like that. The show's undead, you know, walking around. No, these people literally raised from the dead. Just like Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. When Jesus died, said it is finished, cried with a loud voice. A lot of stuff started happening. Uh, amazing. Um, I don't understand. I don't know how many. But it says many bodies of the saints which slept arose. And they were seen by a lot of people. I just take it for its word. Many saints that had died before Jesus Christ had died on the cross. As we'll see later on, it's called the death of the testator. Those Old Testament era type saints got up out of the grave. And everybody was seeing them. I don't know for how long. I don't know whatever. But it's it always says that... It, <laughs> It's appointed unto man once to die. There, there is going to be a, a, a death that happens, except for those that are raptured out. Um, but only if God gets involved can you raise from somebody from the dead. So um, it's there's a lot of accounts of that in in the Bible, but when this is just one of them, but um, and it's a major one. I, I would have loved to seen that, seen the look on some people's faces too. Um, but you notice there it says the veil. That veil, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching it, uh, this, or maybe you know about Jewish, uh, the temple or the Jewish customs and different things like that, but that veil separated. Remember we talked about earlier that the priest was able to only go in one time a year, and that's after he made sacrifices for himself. Um, and then on that outer court, and then go in to that inner court, and then there was the Holy of Holies, which was where the mercy seat was. Um, that's where he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat as an offering for the sins of the, na the entire nation. There was a huge veil. Um, you know, brides wear veils and stuff like that. We, we think of that, but no, when it's talking about a veil, it's talking about a heavy duty curtain. Um, if you, I believe there's a description of it. I believe there's a description of it in the Bible, and I just can't remember where off the top of my head right now. But um, this thing was thick; it you couldn't see past it. It wasn't like see through, or you can kind of make out what's going on behind it. No, it was it was separation from the holy of holies, um, and only could go only the high priest once a year could go in one time. Uh, that veil ripped now if you were if you were a detective and you said okay let's go investigate this scene here um and you would notice one thing what what does it talk about here in matthew 27 what would what do you think would be the first thing that you would notice well the first thing that i noticed here was that the veil of the temple was rent in twain in two from the top to the bottom. Now, if it was just um, people going in and trying to vandalize it or something like that, maybe they could start ripping it from the bottom and, you know, and start working their way up. I doubt they brought in a bunch of, um, like, ladders and all this kind of stuff. That's an impossibility. First of all, you have to get past the temple guard and all this other kind of stuff. So that didn't happen. So you would see that and you would say, oh, 
that was supernaturally done. This heavy, thick veil was ripped from top to bottom. Now, that veil, this is what's so beautiful. That veil there where it talks about in uh, verse 19 of chapter 6, that's what separated the people. Jesus Christ dying on the cross, his finished work on the cross, his blood was the final sacrifice. He was not only a better high priest, but he was a better sacrifice. We'll see that later on in the book of Hebrews where it talks about the blood of bulls and goats and so forth. I really hope that you're kind of reading ahead on these uh, these chapters. Um, we're kind of doing two at a time, so you can kind of know what we're going to be into next week. But I really hope if you're watching this live, previously you've taken time to get into God's Word and read these other ones. Uh, read ahead a little bit. Um, but you'll notice a lot of this stuff through the book of Hebrews. It's like I've said before, there's so much there that it's, it would be impossible for us to study it every single bit and aspect of it, but it is an excellent book to get started in as far as understanding who Jesus Christ was. He was the better sacrifice, the sacrifice for you and me and his blood being offered made it possible to be reconciled with God. So, really quickly, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He made man perfect. He placed him in the garden, and he said, you can eat of anything you want to except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The devil made Eve and, and, and Adam knowingly took of that fruit, and that's what sin entered into the world. Another thing happened, too, where... No longer was God walking with man. It says in, the, in, in Genesis that every day, or however often it was, that God walked with man. Um, that's incredible. Like that, That's a, an incredible thing. But see, God cannot be in the presence of sin. He's a holy, righteous God. We can't be in the presence of of a holy, righteous God in our own condition. We're born as sinner. I know I've gone over this a, a bunch of times, but we're born a sinner. We have no way of reconciling ourselves to God. Therefore, God reconciled us to himself by himself coming and humbling himself and putting on the form of certain of, of a servant Taking on corruptible flesh, meaning that all that means is something that could could die. And he did here. He died in order for that separation to cease. You just have to accept that. Have faith in that. That you are no you have no ability to reconcile yourself. You have to put on his righteousness. And the only way you're going to put on his righteousness is if you Humble yourself. And just like the um, Jesus spoke about the account of the man that went away from the temple, or there praying at the temple, saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Cry out to him today. Cry out and say that, like, I, I, I plead with you to, to understand that this, you're not promised to tomorrow. You're not promised another minute even. Life is short. Things happen. Um, I, I encourage you to put your faith and trust 
in his finished work on the cross because look right here in verse 19 which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which entered in into that within the veil the only way to enter in now into there there's no more veil he's he's removed that he is the one his death has removed that but you have to go through him it says uh he says he talks about uh jesus talks about that no man enters in no man cometh unto the father but by me jesus christ said i am the way the truth and the life you can't come to the Father. You cannot come into the presence of God. You can't unless you have the Holy Spirit convicting you of your need of a sinner and you understanding that I need a Savior and knowing who that Savior was. God in the flesh that died for you to reconcile us to himself. It's incredible. It's it's simple. And you would think that everybody would, oh, man, that's that's incredible. What great news. That's the gospel, the the good news um, of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray that you do that today. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, wrap it up here. And uh, look at verse 20. Because this will go right into our study for next week of chapter 7. We may be only able to get chapter 7 in next week. Um, but that, that'll be all right. Look at verse 20 here in, verse, in chapter 6 of Hebrews. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made it high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So for next time, um, start thinking about who is this Melchizedek? Uh, spoiler, it was God. A lot of people maybe disagree with that, but um, it was the Son of God, pre-incarnate Jesus, uh, that spoke to Abraham. And I'll I'll tell you why in chapter seven of uh, Hebrews it, it spells it out um, pretty plainly, but um, it's very exciting. So read that next time, chapter seven, at least chapter seven, and we'll get right into that uh, next next week. Thank you for joining me again here on Let This Mind Be In You. Um, I really appreciate people that like the Brodskys that um, watched live. I really appreciate that. Um, uh, chapter 7 for next week. I've also, I'm, I'm done with school for a while. Um, so I'm hoping to do a little bit more produced videos. So those will be more on different subjects. Uh, these are more chapter, read it line by line, verse by verse, and uh, kind of things. But I'd like to do a couple other studies. So I'm going to be looking forward to that. And uh, so you'll be looking forward to um, more videos, hopefully coming out as the Lord will. Okay, so uh, again, I really appreciate you joining me tonight. I apologize for whatever that internet hiccup was at the beginning. I have no idea what that was, but uh, it dropped out, at least on my end. And then also for me plugging in my camera, which, by the way, it's a new camera. So if you're noticing the different quality, um, it's, I, I, got a, I got a new camera. 
and um, be praying again about different equipment. Um, I, if I could turn the camera around and let you see all the, uh, how I got this kind of piecemeal together, you, you would be, uh, you would be impressed. I guess you would say that there's that many wires and things going from here to there plugged into this. Um, I'd like to try to simplify that a little bit. I'd like to be able to, um, like I said, find a mixer, a mixing board, and some different things. Uh, so for some future um, plans that I have, I guess you would say, for different uh, aspects of uh, this ministry here. Uh, so this is just one aspect of it. And um, I'd like to do a little bit more interviews and a little bit more group kind of things um, here in a studio. So be praying about that. Be praying that I can be able to find a, a good mixer. Maybe somebody's out there is like, hey, I got the perfect thing you need, and I'd love to donate it to your ministry. Okay. I really appreciate that. Um, again, I I don't want to, uh, I don't want to like get like sponsorships and, and all this kind of stuff. I, I'm not looking at that. But if you want to donate something to the ministry, um, get a hold of me somehow and just, just ask and see more offline here or maybe just go over to the facebook page let this mind be in you ministries and uh, leave me an instant message there and i'll get back to you as soon as i can but um again thanks for joining me tonight um i look I, even through all the issues i still learned some stuff because we got into the word of god and that's the most important thing remember try those spirits out test them test them through god's word though right here that's the only thing you can test them through. So that's it. That's it for tonight. Um, I think I'm going to get a little bit better as time goes on of ending these um, instead of just rambling on and on and on for about 10 minutes. So we're just going to end it. Thank you for joining me here on Let This Mind Be In You. Um, please drop a line of words of encouragement or uh, have any questions or anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. Um, don't forget the podcast um, will be available shortly on Apple Podcast, and then um, also the Let This Mind Be In You Ministries Facebook page, which I've already mentioned. So, all right, guys, thank you for joining me so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's been a, a wonderful Friday night spending with you, even through all the rain and storms out there. Um, it's been good to be here, and it's been good to read the Word of God along with you. Join me next time. Hopefully next Friday, same time. We'll see. But uh, be, be looking out for any kind of announcements on that. All right? God bless.